joyful we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. How many of you feel like we've been in this study for eight weeks? How many of you feel like we've been in this study for eight weeks? How many of you have no idea how long we've been talking about this? That'd be just about everybody else. Um, I will be honest with you. So last Sunday... Um, uh, a, a few different people came up to me last Sunday, not in particular, and, and told me that they had enjoyed the series, that it's been one of their favorite series um, because it had been very real and very um, kind of applicable to where we kind of are in our culture in a very real way, and I very much appreciate that. And I'll tell you why I appreciate that. I appreciate that because it is hard for me to stay in a series for eight weeks because my ADHD is done after three. I'm ready to study something else, you know. Uh, but I knew there was a train of thought that I wanted to go in, I, that I wanted some, us to talk about some things. Uh, and I appreciate your positive feedback um, because maybe it helps me realize that overcoming that, that just desire to want to go to something else because my brain's over here um, already, uh, that, that I hope that you have enjoyed this. But today we bring uh, this particular train of thought to the station, if you will. And for the last eight weeks, uh, this has been our title slide, The Struggle is Real. And you look at it, and the reason I picked this particular uh, graphic and, 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 and built around it was because it is very kind of off. Like, there, there's not a whole lot of co cohesion to it. It's, it kind of reminds me of just almost static on a television uh, in a lot of ways. But this morning, I want us to change our, our parameters a little bit. I want us to go right here, and boy, that's not showing up at all, is it? That's great. Well, the main thing I wanted you to see this morning is the smiley face. That's really what I wanted you to see. I want to see everybody smile. Let me see your teeth this morning. Everybody smile, and let me see your teeth this morning. Everybody, come on, man, smile. Smile for me. We got a hood back there that's just like, mm -mm, not going to do it. Everybody look at him and smile. Everybody look at him and smile. Um... Several, several years ago, I, I started using a phrase, and it's just kind of stuck with me. I use it all the time because I, I, I truly believe it. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter what you're dealing with, I think this phrase always will stick. It's going to be okay. Say that with me. It's going to be okay. Say it one more time. It's going to be okay. And as we have spent time going through this particular study, uh, we have been reminded over and over and over that we are facing struggles as Christians in this country that we've not really ever had to face to the scale that we're facing. But that is not something that we should be surprised with because we're going to face challenges and struggles, right? That's, that's just what Scripture says. Scripture says, uh, starting in Acts verse 22, 14, 22, we're going to see some other things along the same lines but he says, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to, their, to the faith. This is the, the, what I want you to see. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. There was an understanding in the church in the first century that this was not going to be easy. And I think that that's a misconception that we have created amongst ourselves as Christians because we live in a blessed country. We live in a country that 
for so long has flowed toward God, has flowed in the direction of Jesus, and, and our, our kind of thoughts and processes all lean that way, but here lately it's going the other direction. And we've had this kind of comfortableness. But the early Christians said from the very beginning, we must go through not just some hardships, but what does he say? Many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. We fast forward to 1 Peter 3. We've already read from 1 Peter once today. I want you to know that if you ever pick up and read the book of 1 Peter, the book of 1 Peter is about encouragement. It's about understanding that there are trials and challenges. He's talking to a group of Christians that... Fixing to enter into 300 years of persecution from the Roman Empire. That's what's on the horizon. 300 years of persecution from the Roman Empire. It's not all continual, but it's going to happen over this period of time. And then he goes, so, so with that in mind, he goes, who's going to harm you if you are eager to do good? We've talked about that over and over and over, that as Christians, our job above, above everything else is to what? Just do good. He says, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So over and over throughout this book, and we're going to look at another one here in just a second, Peter's reminding them, you're going to have problems. You're going to have issues. You're going to have challenges. You're going to suffer for the cause of Christ. But when you do, when you do, what does he say? He says, uh, it's better to do it for good. All right, if you're going to suffer, suffer because you're doing good. He's going to kind of wrap up First Peter with some of these words. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He says, don't look at challenges and go, what in the world? Where, where, where did this come from? This book warns us. He promises us, if you follow me, people are going to challenge you. You're going to have struggles because of your faith. All right? He says, don't be surprised, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. So we come to this idea and we ask this question, even though you can't read it really well, maybe this year, this one's better. How we respond is important. How we respond is so important. If we uh, respond to challenges with challenges, if we respond, respond to mud throwing with mud throwing, all right? If, if we have that mentality of, well, you're going to get me, so I'm going to get you, people are going to look at us in the church and go, hey, you're no different than us. So why should I listen to what you say? Why should I be a part of what you want me to be a part of? So Peter's going to go on. He's going to say, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with what? Blessings. Because to you, or because to this, you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Boy, that's completely opposite from what the world says today, right? 
completely opposite from what the world says today. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. Uh, so just, just kind of be ready to, to follow along. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in, what does it say? Love. How we respond to these things are so very important. But I want you to know something this morning. We can find joy in the fact that we will be rewarded. Uh, I told Jonathan this past week, as I was kind of getting ready for this, and, and I think I might have told Wiley as well, from, from, from what we're going to look at from here forward, this right here this morning is nothing but a feel-good sermon. You may think, a feel-good sermon? I think every now and then we need to feel good about our faith, right? We've been talking about, for the last seven weeks, challenges, 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 challenges. But I want you to know something this morning, that you can look at the challenges and you can say, it's all going to be okay, and I can feel good about it, because we have already won the battle. Jesus has already won the battle for us. Amen? And in that, we should find hope. In that, we should find joy. In that, we should feel good that, hey, we're following a Savior that's won everything. But I want to remind you of that hope in so many different ways this morning. He tells us that, hey, look, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have a reward for following Jesus. When times are good, we have a reward. When times are bad, we have a reward from Jesus. He says, you're going to be persecuted, and that's okay. It's going to be okay because you're going to have a blessing on the other side of this. This following of Jesus is not a one-side thing. It's not just about what I give to Jesus. And sometimes I think we're guilty of giving that impression that, hey, you just need to come and give to Jesus no matter what. Just come. It's all about Jesus. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. But if you look at the way covenants work in Scripture, if you look at the way the old covenant works, the new covenant works, there is this idea that if you will follow me and do these things, if you will fulfill your side of the covenant, then there's the other side of the covenant. God so it says, I will reward you in this way. We have a reward that is waiting for us despite the challenges as long as we overcome. And that's so important for us to remember. So we will find joy in the fact that we will be rewarded. But that doesn't change the fact that we're going to face challenges. And I've been thinking because of some language we're going to read here in just a moment. We'll go ahead and read it and then we'll talk about it. Uh, so in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, there's a, there's a phrase at the end of this particular verse that, that I really like and I've thought so much about this week as I've studied and prepared for today's sermon as we were, we're kind of wrapping up in this direction. And there's this, this undercurrent through the book of Hebrews that the Hebrew writer is trying to remind them, hey, look, you, you need to hold on to this. You need to hold on to Christ. Uh, there was this temptation for these Jewish Christians to go back to that which they were comfortable with, that which they had always held on to, this Jewish faith. But he comes in and he says here, all these people were still living by faith when they died. He's talking about the hall of faith. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admiring what, the, uh, what they were, foreigners and strangers on earth. And that's who we are. We're foreigners and strangers on earth. Peter calls us exiles. Um, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity or they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country. This is us this morning, a heavenly one. 
Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. That's the phrase that's really kind of piqued my thought process this week. God has prepared a city for them. And and the truth is, is we live in an earthly city right now. We we live in in a world. God created this world, yes, but through our own sinfulness, we have really scarred that which God has created. Satan, in many ways, has become the ruler of the world, you know, a lot of a lot of people follow him, and he has uh, control. It seems like over so many people. And I think about the dynamics of the of this city, this earthly city, this worldly city, and the titles that get placed upon Christians in this particular world. And they're not very flattering ones, are they? We, we've talked about some of them over the last few weeks. We, we've been called unloving. We've been called self righteous. We've been called intolerant and unforgiving and unjust. And, and, and I don't know about you, but it, it hurts when I hear Christians called those things. Because I know that we're called to be above those things, for starters. And I know that most Christians that I know live lives that are not unloving. But like we said last week, uh, love needs boundaries. Love says that I love you, but there may be some things about you that I cannot accept. And I'm going to share Christ with you in in a gracious way because I love you. Not in spite of that love. I'm I'm not intolerant. I just, there are certain lines, certain boundaries that I set in my life that I say, I'm living for Jesus and I cannot go past this. And you may live on the other side of that line, but because of my commitment to God, It's not that I'm intolerant, it's just that I'm that committed to Jesus. But those words are heaped upon us from time to time. And and I think about, because that word cities is just so, so powerful to me, because there are so many ancient cities that we can walk through even still today. Many of them are in ruins, but ancient cities that that did not continue. And and we, I, I know, I know, Probably all of you love the United States. We love our country. But there will come time, if, if God allows time to move on that long, that even our country will no longer exist. It, it'll be a, a memory. It'll be a part of history. But of the ancient world, and, and I read this this week, and I thought it was an interesting statement, that two of the only major institutions that have lived past the ancient world, the Roman Empire and, and those type of of ancient cities that lie in ruins are two things, the Jewish synagogue and the Christian church. Granted, there's some differences in teachings and theology there, but what are both of them above everything else grounded on? God. And they have continued. And he says, I'm building a city, a city about God, where it's only about God and about his followers and about those that are saved, a home for us. And within that city, we have a different set of, of titles, if you will. In that city, we are called the bride of Christ. We're called the body of Christ, the household of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the pillars and foundations of truth. Those are names that we wear proudly because we are children of God. Now, along with those things, I believe we're also promised 
uh, some very important things that we can claim as our own. The first one comes from 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 7. We have a reward. We've already mentioned this, but, but Paul really kind of fleshes this out a little bit. He says, so in verse or chapter 3, he says, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. There is this idea in Scripture from time to time that, yes, we all have this gift of God, this gift of salvation, all right? That is free, but yet we can also be, we're also going to be rewarded individually for things that we do. He says right here that each will be rewarded according to their what? Their own labor. So as we serve God, we talked, uh, so we mentioned last week the idea of building up wrath on the day of judgment. I believe the opposite is true. We can also build up reward for ourselves. We have this great gift from God that he's going to give us that will reward us for our labor. The next thing that I think that he promises is he promises us a home. He promises us a new home. Uh, he says in 2 Peter chapter 3, he says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I love that description of God there. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything uh, and everything done on it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. Now, many times we focus on the coming of Jesus in this particular sense. There's going to be judgment. There's going to be destruction. But I love the promise of the next verse. But in keeping with his promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. What's this last phrase? Where righteousness dwells. In many different places and in many different ways, Jesus has promised us something. We're going to have a new home in eternity. A home that is great, that is perfect, that is wonderful, that is reflective of, of what God originally created, that perfect relationship with God, okay, that perfect relationship with God, which is what he's going to mention here in Revelation 21. Sin separated that, right? In the garden, God walked right there with man every day. Every day, God walked with man. Our relationship with God now is distant, because of sin. But Revelation 21, after the events of what we read about there in 2 Peter, Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. I love that. That what we have to look forward to is a renewed relationship with God, a personal relationship, a face-to-face -face relationship. We understand the struggles of, of no face-to-face no -face relationships, maybe a little more than we ever have because of COVID, right? Because we went through a three-month period, and even extended for some people, but a legit three-month period where there was a real fear of face-to-face -face interaction with each other, wasn't there? Well, because there was so much unknown. 
There were just things that we didn't understand, things we were trying to process. And so we shut ourselves up in our homes for a long time, something that was, was, was hard and challenging. And because of that, you know, you had... I know we had a, we had a couple of families here that that had children during that time, and they were um, you know in the hospitals by themselves having those children, and uh, you had cheering sections outside in the parking lots, you know, cheering that on with signs, you know, so they could look out the window and see you there, and and, and but we missed that face to face communication and relationships, and we've never had that with God, so what we have is normal to us, right? That that distant relationship with God, that separated relationship with God because of sin is normal for us. But what he's telling us here is on that day when we get our new our, our reward and our new dwelling, we also get this new relationship with God where he is going to dwell with us. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that just awesome that despite all the challenges, all the struggles, what I have to look forward to is this relationship with God. So, all of that brings me to this idea. I remind you all of this because to strengthen our resolve, it's important that we look, look beyond light and momentary trials. And, and Peter calls them that. Light and momentary trials. Well, Paul, rather, I believe. And none of our trials really seem light and momentary, but he's trying to put it in perspective here. And so how do we do that? How do we look beyond the trials that are right there in front of us? We have to remind ourselves daily that we are in God's story. Do you get that? We have to remind ourselves daily that we are in God's story. This is how we get excited about this. This is how we get, uh, get over the challenges that are coming our way. We remind ourselves that it is about God and His story. So I, I think about our lives, and, and I think about what we live and, and the things that we, we, in our lifetime, we have millions of just random moments. Millions of random moments that are just not connected to each other, but our mind wants to, to connect them, wants to connect them, wants to connect the dots, wants to put them in an order so that they make sense, so that there's a narrative there, so that there's a, a process that I know this happens because of this, and this happens because of this, and this happens because of this, and this happens because of this. And here's, here's this, is a, this is a way that you'll, you'll understand this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you have felt someone was mad at you, and you're not really sure why they were mad at you, but there's tension in that relationship, and your narrative has created a narrative where they're, they're upset at you. But then as you maybe began to talk to them, you understood that they're really not upset with you. There's something else completely going on. But that randomness that you couldn't figure out that didn't make sense you wanted to make it fit your story. Have you ever done that before? I'm going to say yes, because I think we've all done that before. We've created a false narrative, really, to try to make sense of things. And that's a very unhealthy thing to do. And that's a different conversation for a different day. But a lot of us, what we try to do is we try to live our life, we try to live our story, and at times put God in our story, right? We try to put God in our story to make things maybe make sense and everything I want to remind you of something so important this morning. Your story is not the story that's important. That's not to say that you're not important. Danny, you're important. No matter what Miss Kay says, you're important. No, Danny's important. Sin's important. Vicky's important. All of you people, you're important. But the most important story is whose? Say it. God's. 
And instead of taking God and inserting him into our story, we need to insert ourselves into his and make it about him. This is what he says in Hebrews chapter 13. We've been running, if you've been following and you've been connecting, Hebrews chapter 13 has been very much a real part of, of, of the past three lessons. And this is how we leave chapter 13 in this particular series. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back to the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great sheep, our great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing whose will? His will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What is, what is the Hebrew writer? I'm, what, what, is, what does he say here? He says this is all about who? It's all about God. It's all about God. And if you keep that focus, if you remember that this is all about God, this life, every decision I make is about God. He, 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 he needs to be the contributing, ruling factor of every decision I make. And if I do that, even if I face challenges, even if I face hardships, even if I have struggles because of my faith, he's going to help me overcome. And I'm going to win. I'm going to have a reward. I'm going to have a new home. I'm going to have this renewed relationship with him. And that brings me to the last passage of our study. And maybe the most wonderful. Because this moment will happen. This is a prophetic moment, if you will, from Jesus himself. When the Son of God, or rather Son of Man, comes in His glory, all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Most exciting word, I think that the, the first, maybe most exciting word that we will hear from Jesus is the word come. Come on in. Come home. We've been waiting on you. We've got everything ready. We've got everything prepared. You, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Thanksgiving's coming up. And how many of you. How many of you are cooking Thanksgiving? Okay, so you're the ones that's not going to enjoy Thanksgiving, okay? How many of you are just showing up to someone's house and Thanksgiving's going to be prepared? You're the ones that are going to have a great time because they said, hey, come on in. It's all ready. You've not done anything to help, and that's okay because I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I've, I, I want this great moment for you, and that's eternity to the umpteenth level, we win. We overcome struggles. And Jesus comes to us and he grabs us and he looks at us and he says, I've got it already. You don't have to do anything. Just come on in. The struggles are real. They really are. But guess what? Say it with me. It's going to be okay. It's what? It's going to be okay. So this morning, as you leave and you prepare to face the struggles of the week, because there will be struggles. You know how I know there'll be struggles? You'll be with your family this week. 
there's going to be struggles. There's going to be aggravation. There's going to be that family member that you look at and you're like, I remember now. Why I only spend time with them at Thanksgiving and Christmas? But it's going to be okay. Because Jesus came. He lived. He died. He was resurrected. And he looks at us and he says, if you believe in me, and you become a child, if you believe in me and you're baptized, you'll have your sins washed away. And if you live for me, he said, if you're faithful unto death, I'm going to give you the crown of eternal life. I'm going to give you a new home. I'm going to give you your reward. I'm going to give you this great new relationship with God the Father. It's going to be okay. And as we face these challenges every day, I just want you to remember that. Say that to yourself at least once a day. It's going to be okay. Because Jesus is king, and he's going to come get me and take me home. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, I thank you so much for the chance to be in your presence this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to just close out this series in a way that reminds us that you are, you've got us, God. You've got it in control. You've got us in your hands, and you're going to take care of us, God. Help us to always lean on you and look to you and, and, and walk with you. So that we can hear these phrase, this phrase of, come on in. It's all ready and prepared. We thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice. Help us live in the shadow of the cross every day. It's in your son's name we pray. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember to love like Jesus.